Welcome to the Ministry Mindset Podcast. The Ministry Mindset Podcast is designed to help people discover their God-given purpose and to learn to put that purpose into action. Well, welcome back to the Ministry Mindset Program. I'm Tom Darling. It's great to be back with you all. Great to connect once again, talk more about the ministry mindset. And we have been talking about the spiritual wellness wheel. And today I'm joined by Tony Smith. Great to have you back, Tony. Hey, Tom. Good to be here. And today's topic is going to be on the area of the spiritual wellness wheel that deals with mental and emotional balance in our spiritual life. So having mental balance and Emotional stability is something that it's actually become a buzz topic in our society right now on what it means to be well, not just physically well, but emotionally and mentally well. And we live in a world nowadays that is so bombarded by the media and politics and you know, the way to think, the way to believe what's right, what's wrong. That changes every five minutes, it seems like. And being able to balance our work, balance what we do in our personal lives, balance how we volunteer, balance the way we spend our time in our relationships. And we've talked about relational health and financial health, and and we're going to be talking about physical health as well. But what really kind of girds underneath all of those different areas of balance in our lives is really the state of our mental and emotional well-being. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how that looks in our spiritual walk and in the ministry mindset program. Anytime we set out to try to figure out how to take our purpose and put that purpose into action, we need to make sure that the way that we think, how we view ourselves, how we view the world around us and how our feelings are impacted by the way that we view ourselves in the world around us are in balance. So why is emotional balance important for someone looking to serve Christ? Well, it may seem like a simple question with a simple answer, but the truth is we can't help other people if we have an unhealthy view of ourselves and can't see ourselves the way God sees us. There's a lot of research and studies out there that talks about what emotional balance is. And there's a lot of books. You can go into a bookstore and be bombarded by the number of works that are out there right now on self-help, how to think differently, how to think positively, how to view yourself in light of other people, how to view yourself in light of the past that you grew up with, or how to retrain the way you think. And we're going to talk a little bit about that idea of the neuroscience behind the way that we think, but we're going to put a little twist on it because we're going to talk about the beauty of what it means to renew our minds in Christ. Believe it or not, all of us have the ability to think differently about ourselves and, and have that become a permanent thing in our brains, a permanent way of seeing ourselves, a permanent way of viewing the world around us and having that compare and align with the way that God sees us. So Tony, uh, this is definitely a topic that you are passionate about and something you spend a lot of time working on. And you are the, the one in the ministry mindset program that really focuses on the teaching of how to renew our minds in Christ. So 
I want to ask you a question. I want you to talk a little bit about why this topic of mental and emotional balance is important to you and your role in the ministry mindset. If you could just share a little bit. Sure. For me personally, I found that having a mental and emotional balance in my life is vital for being able to conduct myself effectively in this ministry. Let me explain. We live in a time where people are focused on things of this world and not on God. Romans 12.2 says that we as believers are not to be conformed to this world of the sage. Instead, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, so be able to be able to discern what God's will is. I believe what the Apostle Paul is saying is because we have been transformed to the image and likeness of Christ, we can change our minds to understand what his moral will is. That is to think and have the same emotional balance as Jesus did while he was here on earth. That is so good. Romans 12, 2 is one of my favorite verses. And when we're young Christians growing up and we hear that verse, do not be conformed to this world. That's really, really hard when we think about the fact that we have to live in this world and we have to work in this world and we have to pay bills and we have to have a car and we have to have a house to live in to be able to not align our thinking with the world. So there's a lot of talk out there for believers as to the different difference between the mind, the heart and the soul, something that you and I've talked a lot about. Aren't they all the same thing? What do you think about that, Tony? You know, Tom, that's a really good question. Unfortunately, there really isn't enough time for this podcast to go into detail about all the differences in these three words. I'll say that these three Koine Greek words are used by the New Testament writers to define basically the same thing. However, that is like saying the word car defines every vehicle ever made. That, of course, is further from the truth. The word car can't not adequately describe every vehicle ever made. The same is true for the words mind, heart, and soul. Even though they can be used and define a certain aspect of our being, each one can be used to express a definite part of our nature. Also, each New Testament writer intended these words for people of their time whom they would understand why the writer used the word mind, heart, and soul. That is so cool that in the Greek, there are three different words that describe this mind, heart, and soul. And knowing that there is a difference between the three of them, I think really helps us to better have an understanding of what our mental and emotional health is, is really kind of based on. And the foundation for the way that we think, feel, and the inner drive, the, the inner life, that, that life force that kind of drives all of that, right? So, Tony, share with us how the brain processes information and how that shapes our emotional perceptions about ourselves and the world around us. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm not a neuroscientist, Tom, <laughs> so I'm not about to go down that rabbit hole with you. I will say that our brain is an amazing, complex computer designed by a creator in heaven. Right. Is it designed it so that he can take in, or that we can take in any information, good or bad, right. that comes through our senses and store it, and then at a moment's notice, we can recall it and remember what was recorded in our brain. That is so true. Our brains also have the ability to repair itself. This is called neuroplasticity. It has been proven scientifically that the brain can create new neuropathways that have been previously damaged or lost. 
In regard to the second part of your question, Tom, how does this shape our emotional perceptions about ourselves and the world around us? It's important to understand that our emotional perceptions of ourselves and the world are shaped by what we believe in our minds. These are incoming thoughts that become memories in our brain. That is why it's so important for us to renew our, or memorize the Bible so that we know how to do God's will in any given situation. When it comes down to it, it's really a very simple choice. Believe what the world wants you to believe or what God wants and instructs us to believe. That, that's true. There's two simple, two simple choices. Believe what the world wants you to believe or what God instructs us to believe. And the world is not wasting any time telling us what we're supposed to believe about ourselves. The, the thing I think that a lot of people miss in that, especially when as believers we're trying to be polite, respectful, we're trying not to draw negative attention to ourselves, is we have to remember that what the world believes and is teaching us that we need to believe today is different than it was a year ago. That's true. And 10 years ago and 15 years ago and even 100 years ago. And what God tells us to believe or instructs us to believe has never changed. It's never changed. And that says a lot about what we should be putting our minds and our thoughts to and what we should believe about ourselves and about the world around us and about other people. So now that we see that our minds, soul, and hearts are all unique and connected at the same time, explain what the term neurofusion means. Well, neurofusion stands for the connection of fusion between neuroscience and the Bible. Wow. It's a program that came about from a number of years of reading different books on neuroscience as well as some of my biblical studies. The end result is, it's a process that is done correctly. It can completely change your Christian walk. That's a bold statement, I know. However, it is true. Yes, it is. What neurofusion does, first of all, is explain the reasoning behind what it means to image God. Wow. I really didn't know what it meant to be made in the image of God until I began to seriously research the topic. Secondly, after showing what the image of God means scripturally, we dive into the three Koine Greek words, sous, which is a Greek word for mind, cardia, for the word heart, and suche, which is the Greek word for soul. Thirdly, we touch on neuroscience and how the brain functions in regards to memorization. We don't go very deep, just a very brief introduction. Then finally, we get into the meat of the program and show you how to use neurofusion to help you memorize the Bible. That's great. And... And yes, Tony, this training, a lot of folks, when they hear the term neuroscience or even when we use the term neurofusion, that sounds really heady and, and sounds like psychology talk. And I just want to attest what Tony says is very, very true here. We approach understanding the way the brain works, how it takes in information, processes that information, turns that information into learned patterns for behavior and creates memories. And then that affects our behavior and the way we respond and react long-term. Really applying a simple approach to simply understanding how the brain does that. And then realizing that what we put into our brains determines what comes out of our brains in the form of behavior and attitudes and thoughts and beliefs and the way that we make choices and the way that we live our lives. That's true. In order to 
control and and have control over how we behave and act and respond and how we feel about ourselves, our self-concept, our belief about situations and the world around us or our future really has to do with what we put in. Just like it says garbage in, garbage out, the same thing applies to our brain. What you, what you submit your brain to, what you stimulate your thought life with is going to have a long lasting impact because that's the way God designed our brains to process information and build us into human beings that can do all the things that we do. So being able to choose what I put in, choose the thoughts I choose to believe and be able to internalize them has an impact on my attitude. It has an impact on the way I, the way I think about myself, the way I feel about things, the way I react to situations that could trigger fear or could trigger negative emotions or could trigger me to want to respond negatively to a situation. Being able to have a filter to really think about things when, when that car breaks down or that tire goes flat or that bill that, you know, you didn't plan on coming in or somebody says something that's critical or hurtful to be able to filter everything through what God says about us or to filter everything through the way God feels about us and to understand the truth and to understand the depth of that and have it actually in our heart, mind and soul really has an incredible impact on the way that we start living our lives. So Tony, in our neurofusion training, we have an activity called the 60 day fusion. What is that? And how can people start transforming their minds right now today? Right. This as I shared in the previous question really gets down to the neurofusion and what it's all about for 10 minutes a day. For 60 straight days, you memorize the scripture that you've chosen by preferably considering which verse to start with. Wow. The process takes discipline and the need to stay consistent. Right. You'll find at the end of the 60 days that you'll be able to recall the particular verse with absolute clarity. The really important part is that you're renewing your mind with God's word. This process given time will replace old worldly memories and you'll be able to recall with the help of the Holy Spirit, how to know what God's good and acceptable and perfect will is, according to Romans 12, 2. Wow, that, that's great. Tony, explain how the process has worked for you and for some of the folks that you're currently coaching. Hmm. Tom, I can tell you, this has been a game changer for my Christian walk, as well as some of the men I've coached. In my case, I was struggling with forgiveness towards people as well as for my own failures. Wow. I started memorizing Colossians 3.13, which says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I was able to come to a place of forgiveness, not only for those that I might have had a complaint against, but also for myself, which I came to the understanding that if God has forgiven me, what right did I have? Not to forgive myself. Wow. I'm currently finishing up on my 60-day neurofusion scripture, which is Roman 8, 6. And it is, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, and these it cannot. 
Wow, that is powerful. So you, you were able to recognize that your inability to forgive yourself was affecting your ability to forgive other people. Okay. And now that Tony has this verse right at the tip of his tongue in his mind that he can recite without even having to go back and read it, anytime that there's an issue when it comes to forgiving somebody, right, that verse is right there. See, that is one of the greatest things about studying God's word. And really, that's kind of the message of neurofusion and, and kind of the message of having mental and emotional balance in our spiritual life is recognizing the fact that, you know, God gave us his word, not just to read, not just to study, but to internalize and, and, and adapt and make personal and to get in our minds, this concept of renewing your mind with the word of God is literally how God cleans us and changes our thinking, our perception, changes the way that we see the world, changes the way that we see ourselves, changes the way that we see all of the situations around us. And what it does is it kind of triggers the Holy Spirit that lives inside us as believers that when, you know, we wonder what am I supposed to do in this situation? Well, God's word tells us what to do. Yes. The Bible was written a long time ago. And a lot of the stories in the Bible, a lot of people struggle with this. The concept that the stories in the Bible may be dated or may be specific to a culture that doesn't exist anymore. However, all of the things that the people in the Bible all through history have struggled with are the same things we struggle with today. Loneliness, depression, anger, frustration, the need for acceptance, trying to understand what it means to love somebody, the desire to do good, how to run away from evil, how to make choices, how to figure out what I'm supposed to do. All of these things Every story in the Bible talks about people that have struggled with the same things that we struggle with today. The culture may be different, but we all are dealing with the same emotional and mental issues, wrestling with what it means to live on the planet, wrestling with what it means to understand acceptance and love and have peace in our lives. Putting the word of God into your head and letting it sink into your heart and letting that then reverberate through the Holy Spirit deep in our soul is, is how we learn to have spiritual and emotional balance in our walk. And I'll just say right now for all of you listening, if you want to serve God and you want to do it effectively, we need to have his word in our heart. We need to have emotional and spiritual balance. Doing anything for the Lord is just as hard, if not harder than starting a business or, you know, working our jobs every day. And we know the struggle that we have when we try to approach the work that we do. We try to approach how to solve a problem. We try to figure out how are we going to make enough money to pay these bills or to, you know, pay to get our kids to college or to be able to take the next step up that career ladder. All of these things we deal with in our normal secular lives. It is not any easier when we try to figure out how to serve Christ and to make a difference in the world in our spiritual lives. True. And so being able to understand God's perspective about the world, about our community, about 
the spiritual world that we can't see, and then how he sees us and how he has set us aside and set us apart to do good work. And we know how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, what he did for us when he died for us and took his sins upon us so that we can have freedom in Christ. When we understand that and we hear him say it through his word, and then we commit that word, not only only to our voices, but we committed it to our minds. We renew our minds with the word of God. Our balance, our ability to cope and struggle, our ability to deal with things that we haven't planned for, and our ability to make a difference and an impact in other people's lives and to lead people to be fully devoted followers of Christ becomes so much more powerful and we become more effective. So I just thank you, Tony, for being here. It was great to have you here. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who are interested in this idea of renewing your mind in Christ and actually this 60-day fusion process, as Tony mentioned before, you can go to www.ministry-mindset.org and there you'll see all about the Ministry Mindset Program. And you'll see that there's links on our training page to the different trainings we do, like Kazone, the Strengths Finder, the Personality Assessment. But NeuroFusion is there, and you can actually go through. We have a course that you can take online right now for free that goes through the process of explaining what it means to renew your mind in Christ and teaches you how to use the 60-day fusion process to actually learn how to commit Scripture to memory which is something that I used to struggle with as a young believer, you know, this idea of memorizing scripture, but it's not hard when we apply this 60 day fusion process to learning how to put the word of God into our minds. Um, Also, if you don't have a copy of the ministry mindset, the book I wrote about my story and this process of uh, how we take, how we identify our purpose and then put our purpose into action, please get a copy of that today. That's available on Amazon. And we'd love for you to get that. And it's a great place to start. And know that if you're interested in the Ministry Mindset Program, we do coaching. Uh, We do it face-to-face and online. And would love to help you figure out how to identify your purpose and put that purpose into action. So thank, thank you all for being here. We look forward to talking to you again. And we'll see you later on this podcast. God bless. See you later. 